Here I am to save the day. It is. Well, I believe it is the uh, 22nd when you will be listening to this. Monday the 22nd, Lord willing. This is the Kapow Radio Show. Kapow! Let me remind you, stands for Kingdom Against Powers of Wickedness. That's been our focus from the very beginning. Exposing lies, telling the truth, the truth contained in ancient scriptures, ancient writings, ancient scriptures, 66 books of the Bible, and other ancient inspired writings of ancient Israel that both our Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles and New Testament writers relied upon for their theology and doctrine. That's what we're talking about. So, uh, Kapow Radio Show, I want to welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And we're going to continue, yay, our study in Fourth Esdras. Or like I like to say, for Ezra, because it's just easier for me, because the Esdras trips me up and I get linguistically challenged. Hey, I can't even believe I said that. Amazing. So uh, we're going to go into some some good stuff here. So you're going to need to get um, your big steak knife, get your spiritual steak knife out. I mean, not that flimsy one. You need that big, thick handle, that big, thick, forged, tempered steel blade, serrated. That's going to cut right through the uh, the meat. You're going to need a big old steak knife, something to really hold down that that big, thick, juicy steak. You got to cut that steak and get your chompers ready because you're going to be chomping and chewing. Because this, my friend, is meat of the word. What you're about to hear is not milk. It's not for babies. It's not for the mature in spirit. I mean the immature in spirit. Ooh, correct me here. It is for the mature in spirit, not for the immature in spirit. Mature. And, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with how long you've been a Christian or how long you've been going to your, uh, you know, 501c3 building thing called a church. That has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with your depth and your commitment and your trust in our God through his Lord Jesus Christ. That's what brings on maturity. Now, you've heard me talk over and over again about the, you know, the Bible and the, uh, the Council of Nicaea and Trent and all that stuff, and how you have men telling you this is what's inspired and the rest isn't. And uh, that's simply not true. There are a lot of inspired books that were written by ancient Israel in the first, uh, second temple period. I'm not talking Gnostic writings that were found in, you know, Nag Hammadi, Egypt. I'm talking about Israel. I'm talking ancient writings uh, from the captivity and before. In the 400 intertestamental period between the Babylonian captivity and when John the Baptist first came on scene, heralding our Lord, there were many, many writings. 
And the New Testament writers, and including our Lord Jesus Christ, quoted from these writings, and these writings also colored and influenced their doctrine and thought, because these are inspired writings from God. And so to take them out, we struggled for thousands of years trying to figure out books like the book of Revelation and certain Pauline passages and hard sayings of Jesus that we can't quite understand because we never have the full picture because we've never been taught to read or seek out the full picture, but only to stay in that little guideline that was presented to us years ago. And, you know, most people do believe that. I believed it for years and years, and you have to come to your own, you know, awakening in your own time, you know, but I just want you to logically think about that. Uh, You've been lied to about everything else. Would you not be lied to about this? Okay, so we're going to delve into this very, very good ancient book, Fourth Ezra. There's a lot of stuff in here that, hey, I can't explain. Unfortunately, because it's not, you know, in our biblical text, you know, I don't have commentaries on it. I don't have a strong concordance on it. I can't look up the original words. I can't do language searches. I can't, you know, I can't do all those things that you can do with the 66 books of the Bible. So, you know, we're kind of on our own here. Uh, you know, and, and we rely on the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us, and he will. But there are some things that, you know, I, I don't know what they're talking about, and I'll tell you when I get there. You know, and your, um, you know, your your thoughts on this are, you know, very valid also, you know, when you come to a, a place like this. But it doesn't mean we should throw the whole thing out because we don't, we don't understand it. Uh, they wanted to throw the book of Revelation out, you know that. That was... That was on the chopping block on many councils to get rid of the book of Revelation. They couldn't understand it. Can you imagine that? Um, and the reason why you can't understand it is because it's so it's so Hebrew. It's so Isra- Israelitish in thinking that our Western uh, mindset, plus the after the fourth century, when the Roman Catholic Church, the universal church, brought in paganism and disguise it as Christianity as a deception uh, we've been on a long long road of deception and being lied to and uh, it takes a while to break out of it it really does so, so those who are listening kind of know what I'm talking about I know you do and um, those who missed the study last week and um told me about it. I do appreciate that because that lets me know somebody's listening. Um, because when I get down to when no one's listening, then there's no sense in talking anymore. If I have at least one person listening, then um, it, it's worth the the labor, the effort of doing it. Otherwise, you know, I can just study this stuff on my own and eat the steak by myself. But I'm trying to share it to those who prefer to eat steak rather than milk sugar. All right, so let's go to chapter 5 in 4 Ezra. Chapter 5. Now, let me go back a little bit. In, in chapter 4, if you remember, Ezra was shown signs of the end time. 
by an angel Uriel. And he's asking all these questions to him, like when, you know, when it's going to happen, how long, you know, is this age and, um, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, the angel, you know, told him, if you remember the, the, like the parable of the woman who's about to give birth and her nine months have been completed and her, can her womb keep the child any longer? You know, and uh, it says, well, you know, hell and Hades, the chambers, you know, Sheol are like the womb. Uh, just as a woman who's in travail makes haste to, to escape the pangs of birth, the pain of birth, and, and the kid comes out. So also hell, Hades, you know, the sea, these places are committed. They hasten to give back those things that were committed to them from the beginning. And we showed how that goes with the book of Revelation about uh, the sea and, and hell giving up the, the dead at the end there. And, you know, the angel tells Ezra these things that you desire to see be disclosed to you. So they're answering all this stuff. And so Ezra, you know, he's he's doing us a big favor because, <coughs> pardon me, he's asking all those questions that, um, you know, we would be asking. You know, like, well, what about this and that? And He's doing that for us. Excuse me, I was sipping some coffee and it rubbed on my mic and it made a little squeaky noise. Um, I thought I'd better explain that to you. So anyway... <laughs> But it's good coffee. It's just Folgers, but it's delicious. Uh, and they're not a sponsor of the Kapow Radio Show, by the way. I just like Folgers. Uh, anyway, so he's asking the angel, you know, uh, well, what about me? You know, uh, am I going to be around? And the angel says, look, it, I, can, uh, I can tell you about, you know, the, the signs you asked for and things like that. But I can't tell you about your personal you know, life, that type of thing. I can't, I can't give that up because um, I don't know. I, I don't know when the day or the hour is and all this stuff. All right. So um, that was in chap, chapter four, if you recall. And, uh, you know, so the angel says, concerning the signs about what you asked me, I can tell you in part. You know, I can give you, he says, I can tell you in part. I can't tell you everything because I just don't know. But I can tell you in part, but I was not sent to tell you concerning your life, for I do not know. All right? So that's where we're at. So what's nice about chapter 5 is that now he's going to start talking about those signs that Israel had uh, inquired about. So some of them, like I said, are going to be a little difficult to uh, get through or kind of understand, but we're going we're gonna to try to break down as much as we can. So let's go to verse 1. says, the angel continues to talk. And he says, now concerning the signs, these are the signs that Ezra had prayed about. You know, how long do we have? What's going to happen at the end of the age? You know, all this stuff, all the same questions we have today, right? You know, we're looking at the skies. We're seeing the blinky lights. We're seeing weird stuff going on. We're seeing the weather. We're seeing grand solar minimum. We're seeing a 400 sun cycle happen. We're seeing... um, perplexity of nations, hand-wringing. We're, we're seeing people's hearts failing them for fear of the things that are coming on earth. They can't sleep. They have these strange diseases over and over again. We're seeing people, humans being more and more demonically possessed and controlled. Um, and these are all signs, you know, these, these are all signs we're seeing. The fig tree generation, we're seeing these things. We're seeing this, the buds. We know summer's near. So these are signs we would all ask. And so the angel says, now concerning these signs, 
he says, behold, look, the days are coming when those who dwell on earth shall be seized with great terror. And the way of truth shall be hidden and the land shall be barren of faith. Okay, let's pause and let's just get your, get your butter, get your, get your, get that butter knife out of the way. You're not going to be eating any butter and bread right now. Get that steak knife. You ready? Let's go over this. Behold, the days are coming. My opinion, my opinion, the days are here. These are the days right now. You're listening to my voice. You're living in these days. Okay, this, was, this is what makes it so interesting. But he says in Ezra's time, 400 years before Christ, behold, the days are coming when those who dwell on earth, that's us people, shall be seized with great terror. And, so that's point one, there's going to be great terror. Let me ask you this, do you see great terror around you? Can you look at the news, read the news, look at your news feed on Facebook, whatever. And can you see that people are in great terror? They're afraid of everything. They're afraid of the measles. They're afraid of Donald Trump. They're afraid of Bernie Sanders. They're afraid of Putin. They're afraid of vaccines. They're afraid of... Um, not getting vaccinated. They're afraid of everything. They're afraid they can't get a job. They're afraid the economy's collapsing. They're uh, concerned about this generation coming up. Those who dwell on earth shall be seized with great terror. I want to take you to Luke 21, 26. And our, our very own Savior, our very own Lord says... 400 years later, mind you, 400 years later, as he's talking about the end time. See, when I use a scripture reference with Ezra, it's all in context. I'm not, I'm not saying, look it, he used the word terror, and then I found the word terror mentioned in the New Testament, and it's unrelated. It's always in context of end times. It's always in context of the prophecy. The angel's talking to Ezra, about the end times. Jesus is talking about the end times. And in Luke 21, 26, he says, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. That was about, you know, 1900 to 2000 years ago. They're coming on the earth. And Jesus continues and he says, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Uh, I think on Freedom Friday, I, I think I was talking about the, the all the strange lights in the sky and the meteors that, well, they're saying they're meteors, they're fireballs and some of them are blue, some of them are green and then there's weird lights and shapes and triangles and the clouds don't look right. There's, oh my God, there's so many signs in the sky right now. The pictures... Every, people are taking pictures of cloud formations and they're, they're, they're not natural. They're, they're 
triangles or rectangles. They got ninety degree squares in them. There's, it looks like craft in them, and it's just unbelievable the things that's going on. Well, Jesus says that's going to bother people. Men's hearts are going to fail them. What that means is, it's, don't think just heart attack. Their their very bowels, their emotions, their their ability to um, to cope is going to fail. That's what you're seeing all around you. And it's it, because they're afraid. And not only are they afraid, but the hearts are failing them. Their, their ability to cope is failing because they're looking at those things after those things that are coming. They see what's coming, okay? And then Jesus says something very strange, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. The powers of heaven shall be shaken. I personally believe all these little blinky lights in the sky, these weird sky phenomena, things like that, are the powers of the heavens being shaken. That's why they're everywhere. That's why people are filming them everywhere. They're taking out their cell phones and they're hitting the record button and they're strange, strange stuff. Strange, strange things. You can, you can, if you haven't already, you can, you can see it on YouTube. You can, you can see, there's a lot of people out there showing this stuff. And so the angel says, those who dwell on earth shall be seized with terror. Well, then 400 years after he said that, Jesus Christ says the same thing. Men's hearts fell in them with fear. And then about 2,000 years after Jesus Christ said that, we didn't see it. We're here. Okay, so let me continue. Verse 1. Not only are they going to fill great terror, and the way of truth shall be hidden. Think about that. Let's ponder. Well, I'll take a sip of coffee. And the way of truth shall be hidden. So people are going to be afraid, number one. Number two, the way of truth shall be hidden. The way of truth. Are we deceived today? When I say we, I mean the general human population. Are they deceived about everything? We've been lied to about everything. History, science, uh, nothing's real. It's, it's, it's the father of lies. It's his matrix. The way of truth shall be hidden. People, people will run to religion, and I'm talking even cultural Christian Western religion, you know, that's why, that's why you'll have thousands of people run to these mega churches and do the rock concerts and the worship bands and, um, you know, Hillsong and things like that, because they're thinking what they're doing is truth. They think it's right, but they're, but they're blinded. That's not, that's not the Christ of the Bible. That was, it was, that's not, was never set up and intended to do that. Um, and while they do those things, they miss the weightier things. They miss the weightier matters. Well, like studies like this, the heavier things. To know, to 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 be looking up and in, in, in saying like what Peter said, Second Peter eight, I believe, uh, three eight. Knowing that all the stuff is coming and the, and the sky is going to melt with fervent heat and all this stuff, how how then shall we live, hastening the day of the Lord? But we should live in holy conversation and godliness and things. You see what I'm saying? This is the stuff we should be doing. 
you're looking around going, wow, it's, it's happening. What's, what's the best course of action for us to live in godliness, right? Because uh, you never, you always want to take heed. You never think, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm totally cool what I'm doing. You, you, you always want to make sure that you're, you're being pleasing unto the Lord, your life. Okay, so the, the way of truth shall be hidden. I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, and Paul writes this hundreds of years later, and he says, in whom, he's talking about people of the world, sinners, unbelievers, <clears throat> the world system. He's talking about Satan here. He says, in whom the God of this world, that's Satan, right? The fallen angel, Lucifer, he's the God of this world. He, he's the one who has control of this matrix system here. Whom the God of this world hath blinded, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Believe not in what? Believe not that the Lord Jesus Christ was God made flesh and provided the way out of here. Provided what we had lost at the garden, that eternal life. They don't believe it. Um, because, because they're blinded. They've been deceived by, by everything. They've been lied to from the moment you exit the womb. And Paul continues and he says, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ. That's what I just said. What I just said was the glorious gospel of Christ. Who is the image of God? It's God made flesh. Should shine unto them. So what Paul is saying is in order for them to see the light the truth of the glorious gospel of Christ, what, what God made flesh came and did for them and to reconcile the human race back to God. Least, lest they would see that. That's why the God of this world blinds their minds so they can't see that. So Ezra says, or the angel speaking in Ezra way back, way back when says, and the way of truth shall be hidden. You see what I mean by this book? You see what I mean by ancient writings that are, have influenced not only the New Testament writers, but our Lord Jesus Christ. Because like I said, the last time I did this show, the spirit of prophecy is Jesus Christ. It's, <laughs> that's what it's all about. You, you see, it's not, you know, prophecy like, um, you know, newspaper prophecy. It's, you're seeing the fulfillment of God's work. It's, it's always about Christ. And the angel says, and the land shall be barren of faith. So there's three things. There's great terror. There's truth shall be hidden and the land shall be barren of faith. What does that mean? It means barren of faith. It means there's no trust in God. That's what, that's what real faith means. It's not a religious faith. Oh, I believe in Catholicism or I believe in Christianity. Or I believe, It's not that kind of faith. It's not the, you know, uh, the presidential faith. You know, every president's a Christian walking around with a Bible somewhere, right? It's not that, you know, my faith, you know, George Bush, my faith, right, his book. It's not that. Faith is trust and belief in God. The land shall be barren of faith. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ, 400 years after this was written, 
in Luke 18, 8. He says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. He's still talking about the end times. He's talking about the end times here. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, he's talking about the future when he comes back as the Son of Man, as, as, as ruler and king. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man come, come, cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? And it's a question mark. Jesus himself says, when I come back, am I going to find any faith on this land? And I think we can answer that question by looking at an ancient book called 4th Ezra, chapter 5, verse 1. And it says, and the land shall be barren of faith. The answer is no. It's barren. You might have faith, I have faith, a few of us, but in general, the human race is faithless. A lot of religious people are faithless. They don't know what, what real faith is. Okay, folks, this is just verse one. <laughs> this is just verse one of the meal, folks. Can you believe it? Verse one. I don't even know if I can get through five, the whole fifth chapter. I'm 25 minutes into the show. Verse one. Okay, verse two. And unrighteousness, okay, so here's the fourth sign. Unrighteousness shall be increased beyond what you see, what yourself see. Ezra can't even imagine what unrighteousness is going to look like in our day. And the angel says, and beyond what you heard formally. Let's go to the New Testament, Jude 1.18. Jude writes, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. See, it's the same thing. Jude is saying in the last times, in the last days, where we're at right now, there's going to be mockers and they're going to be walking after their own godly lust. They will not have any righteousness. They're going to be unrighteous. This was one of the signs. And the angel says, and the land which you now see ruling shall be waste and untrodden. Who was ruling at the time that the angel was having the conversation with Ezra? Babylon. Babylon was ruling. And if you know anything about history, Babylon was then taken over by the Medes, then the Persians, Medo-Persians, and then, of course, Alexander the Great came, and Greece took over the whole land, and then eventually Rome rose up. <clears throat> and the land which you now see ruling shall be wasted and untrodden. Is there a Babylon today, folks? <clears throat> Is there a big city called Babylon? No, it's a freaking wasted desert <clears throat> full of sand. And men shall see it desolate. It's part of the prophecy. Now let's go to uh, the deserts of Iran, barren wilderness. There's no more physical Babylon. Now let's go to Easton's Bible Dictionary, just for giggles. And here's what, uh, here's what Easton's Bible Dictionary says about this. After passing through various vicissitudes, 
The city was occupied by Cyrus, king of Elam, in B.C. 538. That's King Cyrus, right? That he's... He was a bad dude. He's the one who, who did release the Jews back into their land. <clears throat> King Cyrus, who issued a decree permitting the Jews to return to their own land. This was in the biblical book of Ezra, chapter 1. Uh, the city of Babylon, it then ceased to be the capital of an empire. It was again and again visited by hostile armies until its inhabitants were all driven from their homes, and the city became a complete desolation, its very sight being forgotten among men. So here's a fulfilled prophecy that you can see with your own eyes. So if this now became true, and we know that this book, this ancient book of fourth Ezra, was written in the second temple period while Ezra was in Babylonian captivity. He even stated that in the beginning of the book, that he had been 30 years into the captivity, which was going to last another 40 years, by the way, right? 70 years. <clears throat> that this prophecy was given way back way back when and it came true. So if this came true, I think the other will come true also. Jeremiah 25:12. Let's go to the Bible. Jeremiah 25:12. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation saith the Lord for their iniquity in the land of the Chaldeans and will make it a perpetual desolation. And he did. Fulfilled prophecy in the ancient book of fourth Ezra. You guys eating a steak yet? Huh? You see what God's doing here? God's true. God's true. That's the way of truth. Okay? But if the Most High, the angels talking to Ezra, if the Most High grants you live, you shall see it thrown into confusion after the third period. <clears throat> what does that mean? Ezra, if, you, if, you just, if, you, if God's going to say you're going to live, you're going to see it thrown into confusion at the third period. Now listen to this. Let me take you to Daniel 2.39. Have you noticed that everything I'm saying, everything I'm reading, the Bible's interpreting it? But yet you weren't allowed to have this book in your 66 uh, books? Why not? Why not? I should pause that question. Ask yourself these questions. Why not? What else has been hidden from me? Enoch, Jubilees, the origin of demons, <laughs> disembodied spirits. Well, boy, that's good knowledge to know, isn't it? That's what we talk about in our book, Demons in a Marriage Bed. We have a whole chapter. It's like a whole manual on spiritual warfare. We, we talk about the origins of demons because you got to know who they are and where they came from to understand that they were in bodies like you are. That's why they hunger and thirst. That's why they drive you for addictions. It's, it's important, but that's all been hidden. Anyway, I get off topic. Daniel 2.39 says, And after thee... Talking about to King Nebuchadnezzar, shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee. That's two, right? And another third kingdom of brass. That's three, right? Which shall bear rule over all the earth. So what you have is you have number one was Babylon, two Medo, Medo Persia, three Greece, Alexander the Great. Then you have no more Babylon. You see, the fourth kingdom is the iron mixed with clay or human hybrids. 
This is the kingdom that the stone, not made with hands, Jesus Christ strikes at the feet and topples all the kingdoms of time in history. So, <laughs> can you believe this? The angel says, and you shall see it thrown into confusion after the third period. And we got Daniel given the same prophecy before it happened. And then guess what? It happened. After Alexander the Great, no more Babylon. Bye-bye. I just give you two fulfilled prophecy, two fulfilled ancient prophecies that weren't fulfilled at the time they were written. And you can't prove that they were post-diction. They're prediction. That's right. It predicted it and it happened. So when the rest of it is said, well, you can be pretty certain that it's going to happen. <clears throat> That's the beauty of it. And the angel says, and the sun shall be suddenly, and the sun shall suddenly shine forth at night and the moon during the day. Now I had trouble with this one because I was like, what does that really mean? The sun suddenly shining forth at night and the moon during the day. Isaiah 24, 23 says, then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed. It's going to be confused. When is this going to happen? When the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. So you have to understand that this comes after the judgment and imprisonment of the fallen angels and rulers of this earth. In context, Isaiah 24 is talking about the kings of the earth and judgment and imprisonment upon them. So this phrase that I just, this verse that I just read you comes in context of that judgment. This comes after the earth is cut in half. It's really like a drunk man. It's all in time language. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign on Mount Zion. So why is the sun suddenly shining forth at night and the moon during the day? Because the Lord has come. The day of the Lord has come. He's reigning. Hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. We have nothing but fulfilled prophecy in this. Keep looking up, folks. It's good stuff. Okay, here's another one. It's a little, little confusing for uh, Uncle Paul. The angel says, blood shall drip from wood. Blood shall drip from wood. And the stone shall utter its voice. See what I mean? So I have no commentary to go to. There's no commentary you know, uh, I'm sure there's people who wrote stuff, you know, uh, biblical scholar, but I, you know, I don't have access to this. I don't have Strong's Concordance, so I can't do a word search and go, well, it was mistranslated. It was translated weird. I don't, I don't have various translations of this. Um, so I looked at this, blood shall drip from wood and the stone shall utter its voice. And here's what I got. And you may get something else. <clears throat> It'd be interesting to see if you had something else from it, but Matthew 23, 35 says, now check this out. Jesus is talking in time language here in context. He's talking to the Jews who have rejected him as God made flesh, as the Messiah. They've rejected him. And Jesus is yelling at them and he says, 
that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. Now remember, Christ's blood was dripping from wood. Whether you call it a stake or a cross, I don't care. But it was made of wood. Anyway, that upon you all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Barachias, whom you slew between the temple and the altar. So my thought is that Messiah's blood would drip from the wood and the righteous blood spilled on the stones of the temple and altar would all trigger that extreme judgment on these evil serpent seed. Yeah, that was the religious Jews of his day that became the Sanhedrin. They were the Sanhedrin. And what we know today is the Kabbalistic Jewish sect. They're Satanists, they're Luciferian, they're serpent seed, disguising themselves as religious Orthodox men and women. I digress. So I don't want to lose track here. So the stones used to stone the righteous would cry out or utter their voice against the murderers and God would require it of them. So do you get it? The angel is saying, blood shall drip from wood and the stone shall utter its voice. In other words, judgment's coming because of all the righteous blood that has been shed on the earth. from In Christ's day, it was from the blood of Abel all the way to Zacharias, whom they slew between the temple and the altar. You know what they did? They stoned him. So the, so the stones are uttering their voice. Well, can you imagine all the righteous blood that was spilt from Jesus' time to our time? The martyrs, the ones that Nero used as candles, the ones that were tortured in the, the, the Catholic Inquisition for believing the word of God and not the church? Can you imagine the blood that's filled up? Let's go to Second Chronicles 24, 22, 23, and we'll get the history of, of, of this, this priest that Jesus was talking about that was stoned. And it says, and the spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the temple and said unto them, thus saith God, why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that ye cannot prosper because you have forsaken the Lord. He hath also forsaken you. And you know what they did? They didn't listen to him. Just like no one listens to me. <laughs> you guys listen to me, but no one else does. And they conspired against him and they stoned him with stones at the commandment of the king in the court of the house of the Lord. Thus Joash the king remembered not the kindness which Jehoiada his father had done to him, but slew his son. And when he died, he said, here's what he said, the Lord look upon it and require of it. They were stoned. So the angel is saying the wood shall drip, the blood shall drip from wood and the stone shall utter its voice. It's calling out for judgment, just like uh, Abel's blood called from the earth. Right? And, 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 and God says, uh, hey, uh, Cain, where's your brother? Well, am I my brother's keeper? Oh, right? It called out from the earth. His blood calls out. 
Uh, it's going to be required. Let's go to Colossians, New Testament Colossians one uh, twenty, And it says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And having made peace through the what of the cross, blood of the cross. Blood shall drip from wood and the stone shall utter his voice. That's what I got from this. I could be totally wrong, uh, but if I was, it's still a very good doctrinal lesson. <laughs> I think it's just a wonderful lesson that you see that. It's all about in times prophetic uh, contact context anyway. So it, it, it has to be in that context of in times. Okay, 40 minutes into the show. Um, let me take a short commercial break. I'll be right back and we'll t- continue on. How many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts chapter 19 where there were seven sons of Sceva and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go up to this guy who's demon possessed and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah, and guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, hey, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow, guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy demons in my marriage bed a true story of spiritual warfare the book is not about you being married or single the book is about dealing with demonic forces and you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you the book is a training manual and there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book. There is... um no way I'm going to finish chapter five. I'm only on the second verse, folks. Uh, boy, you okay. Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes. Oh, gosh, there's a lot here. But that that's what makes it good. I, I love these kind of studies because, um, you know, you just, you just can delve into them, you know, and uh, really see, you know, some connections here. So anyway, um, blood drips from the wood, stone shall utter his voice. <clears throat> the people shall be troubled. Now, if you were making uh, um, a bullet list of everything, you have great terror, truth is hidden, a barren faith on the earth. You have four, unrighteousness increased on the earth. You have five, uh, Babylon is desolate. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's, it's thrown down after the third period, so that happened. And then you have six, the sun um, suddenly shining at night and the moon during the day, the day of the Lord. 
You have seven blood dripping from wood, a stone uttering his voice. And here's number eight, people shall be troubled. And number nine, and the stars shall fall. Now that should sound very familiar. The people shall be troubled and the stars shall fall. Uh, we'll go to Luke 21, 25 again. It says, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. That, my friend, is happening right now. There are signs in the sun and in the moon all around us, in the clouds, in the atmosphere, there's colors, there's stuff everywhere. And there's signs in the stars, in the constellations. And guess what? Here on this earth, there's distress of nations. You tell me a nation that's not under distress right now. That all, all's hunky-dory. They're doing just fine. They're all distressed. And there's perplexity. They don't, they don't understand what's going on. How could this stuff happen? How could Trump win the election? I don't know. They're perplexed. And it'll probably still be perplexed come 2020 because then we'll all be going, how in the heck did, you know, the Jonas Brothers become president? It's perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Dude, there's still unprecedented. Well, we always had spring storms here in America, but not like they are now. They're still underwater. There's all kinds of cold weather crop loss, perplexity. This, this, is, this sounds just like what Jesus said. The people shall be troubled and the stars shall fall. That was said 400 years before Christ said his prophecy, which was 2,000 years ago. So we're about 2,400 years. When I'm reading this to you from Ezra, you can go back about 2,400 years. A day to the Lord is 1,000 years and 1,000 years to the day to the Lord. He's not, he's not a God who's bound by time. He created time. He created the sun and the moon, the stars, so we could keep time and know where we're at. And then it says, and this is a little confusing, it says, and one shall reign whom those who dwell on earth do not expect, and the birds shall fly away together, and the sea of Sodom shall cast up fish, and one whom the many do not know will make his voice heard by night, and all shall hear his voice." Now, when I first read this, I, it, it sounded, you know, beast system and antichrist, you know, right? One shall reign who, you know, those who dwell on earth don't expect and the birds fly and Sodom, the sea of Sodom cast up fish and, you know, the, the one that many people don't know will make his voice heard by night and they shall hear his voice. It sounded antichrist. But then when I really begin to look at it and pray about it, here's what I got. Now, like I said, this is, it's not stuff that's written in stone for me. If you have a better interpretation of it or you think the Lord gave you something different, please, you know, share. Uh, but this is what I got from it. Uh, could the birds be angels? I, I don't know. You know, the birds shall fly with it. Could the birds be angels? I don't know. But Mark 13, 26, 27, it says, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. You see, and it says, And one shall reign 
whom those who dwell on the earth do not expect. They're not expecting to see Christ come back, even though we've all been talking about it. The Bible has been saved for 2,000 years, but they're not expecting it because they don't believe it. There's no faith. The earth is barren of faith, right? There's no truth. The way of truth is hidden. So then they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Ah, like, oh, what's that? And then shall he send his angels. I'm just saying, could they... Could could Ezra have used the term birds? I don't know. But then he shall send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. I don't know, but if I'm correct on this, if I'm correct on this, and I think in context, I'm, I'll show you why I came to this. But if I'm correct on this, this is talking about when, when Christ returns. Those who dwell on the earth don't expect it. And maybe it's not the angels that fly away together. Maybe it's the birds that really go, ah, you know, and, you know, it's, uh, hey, <laughs> can you imagine what that's going to look like? And then it goes on. It says, in the sea of Sodom shall cast up fish. What does that mean? Sea of Sodom cast up fish. Well, um, uh, uh-oh. Ha, ha, ha. I lost my place. Okay, here I go. Sea of Sodom shall cast up fish. Matthew thirteen forty seven says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind of fish, right? Which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good fish into vessels. But what did they do to the bad fish? They cast it away. So shall it be at the end of the world. You see the context? It's prophetic end times language. Christ is talking about the end times. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels, he interprets it for us, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. It's just the, it's like the wheat and tares. The tares go first, folks. The tares go first. It's not a secret rapture and then the wicked here are left on earth. That's, that's fantasy. That's just, that's false doctrine. That the wicked are removed. I know, it's hard to believe because they're all around you, but that's what's gonna happen. And then it says, and, sh and they're, they're removed from the, among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So when I read this and it says, and the sea of Sodom shall cast up fish, this scripture comes to mind. Because Christ is talking about the end times and he's using this parable saying the kingdom of heaven at the end times, it's like a net, it's cast in the sea and all these fish are gathered up and then the good ones are kept and the bad ones are thrown back. And it says, but in, in the end times, the angels do this and they sever the wicked from, they separate it and they throw the wicked into the fire. Sodom shall cast up fish. I'm just saying, uh, if you have a better a uh, way to look at that, please, please share. But to me, like I said, even if I'm not right on with it, it's a it's a really good doctrinal lesson. And one whom the many do not know, and I believe that's Christ, because many don't know who he is, shall make his voice heard by night, and all shall hear his voice. So if this is Christ. Let me take you to Revelation 1.7. See, that's why I don't think it's Antichrist because there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about an Antichrist. 
They talk about a beast rising up, a, a beast system that's powered by Satan and this. That's the system we live in. Antichrist is only mentioned in John, and it are, the spirit of Antichrist already existed in his day. Nothing biblically supports it, but Christ, looking at this one that no one knows who it is, fits Christ. So the one and I believe this is Christ, our Lord, whom the many, the other people on the planet do, forgive me, not planet, I mean earth, the land, under the firmament, (laughs) the many, see what I mean about the lies, how they get engraved in you? And one whom the, the many under this firmament do not know shall make his voice heard by night and all shall hear his voice. Revelation 1, 7 says, behold, he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. To me, it sounds like what Ezra's, what the angel was telling Ezra. They don't know, but they're gonna hear his voice. And they're gonna see him and hear him and they're gonna go, holy moly, we've been lied to. Romans fourteen eleven says, for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, shall every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. He shall make his voice heard by night and all shall hear his voice. Think about it. Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. What does the angel tell Israel? And one whom the many do not know shall make his voice heard by night and all shall hear his voice. One more, Philippians 2.11 says, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I believe this portion, verse seven of chapter five of four Ezra is talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, that's meat and potatoes. That's, I hope you just took a big chunk, use your big knife and took a big chunk. I'm gonna take a big swallow of coffee. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. That is the gospel of Christ. If you notice, this is all about Christ, his coming back and redeeming those who he paid the price for. Woo, meat and potatoes. I hope, uh, God, I hope you're getting something out of this. Verse eight. There shall be chaos also in many places. And fire shall often break out and the wild beasts shall roam beyond their haunts and menstruous women shall bring forth monsters. These are all end time signs, folks. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish this. I'm 55 minutes into the show, my Lord. Uh, There's so much here. Okay. And there shall be chaos. First Peter 2, 6, wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. That means you won't be confused and chaotic if you believe on Christ. James three sixteen says, for where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. The angel says there shall be chaos also in the land. Look at that. Luke 21, 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. 
the sea and the waves roaring. That sounds chaotic, doesn't it? Chaos in many places and fire shall often break out. Okay, fire. Matthew 3, 12. Whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his weed into the gardener. But guess what he does to the shaft? He burns it with unquenchable fire. 2 Peter 3.12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heats. And the wild beasts shall roam beyond their haunts. Romans 1.23, and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. I'm thinking of transhumanism. I'm thinking of singularity. I'm thinking of robotics and computer artificial intelligence mixed with humans. Wild beasts shall roam beyond their haunts. Romans 1.25 says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie? What's the truth of God? He created man, both male and female. It's in Genesis. That's the truth. They're changing that truth into a lie that it doesn't matter if God created male and female. If you feel like you're another gender, that's what you are. It says they changed the truth of God to a lie and worshiped and served the creature. See, they, they served themselves more than God, the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. To me, those are beasts that roam beyond their haunts. And this one, I uh, love. Check this out. This is one of the last day signs. And menstruous women shall bring forth monsters. Have you listened to Freedom Friday lately? And I talk about all the kids who are killing little kids. There was an article uh, I read just the other day about these um, grade school girls who had plotted to kill 10 classmates, and they even had uh, plans where they're going to bury them and the whole bit. Grade school. Menstruous women shall bring forth monsters. You know why? Because they're demon-possessed. They're Nephilim. They are hybrids. Yeah. Daniel 2.42. This is a whole meal in itself. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part clay... So the kingdom, they're talking about the fourth kingdom at the end times that we live in now, shall be partly strong and partly broken. Why? And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle, they, those are the fallen angels, the fallen ones, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. It's hybridization. It's right there in the Bible. You all know this. We've been over this before. And it says, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. That's why they go crazy and they kill people. They kill each other and they're doing bizarre stuff and they're raping babies and infants and having sex with dogs and marrying their cars. And they're insane because the iron, which is strong, it's the fallen angel stuff. They're kings of the earth, can't mix with the human DNA. But that's what's all around you, folks. It's all around us now. They're here. It's the return of the gods. They're here. Daniel predicted it. Daniel 2.44 says, and in the days of these kings, what day is that? Well, that's today, folks. 
That's today. That's April 2019. We're in the days of these kings. And it says that in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up his kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. That that's the in that's the day of the Lord. When that happens, boom, his kingdom set up. And the kingdom shall never be left to other people. There's no more after that. It's over. But it shall break in pieces and consume all of these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So once the day of the Lord comes, once you see Christ in the clouds, and every tongue confess and every knee bow, right, it's over, game over, blam, pull the plug. No more computer simulation matrix BS from a fallen angel. You lost. Romans one twenty six says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. God gave them up to this. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, right? Transgenderism. These are monsters that are bred by menstruous women. They're demonically charged. Romans one twenty eight says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they didn't even want to think of God. They're all atheists. Ah, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's just a nice way to say to do those things that are filthy. Romans one twenty nine, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate. Have you seen the trolls on the, on the internet? Debating, deceit malignity and whisperers, backbiters, they're haters of God, they're despiteful, they're proud, they're boasters, they're inventors of evil things, Elon Musk, disobedient to parents. They don't have understanding. They're covenant breakers and they don't have natural affection because they think they're women, they think they're men, they think they're dogs, they want to have sex with their intergender They're implacable and they're unmerciful. You see, Paul wrote about these people that are surrounding us today. This is an end time sign. This ain't just society that's gone mad. This ain't just a cultural thing. This is the end times. Romans 132, who knowing the judgment of God, these are the monsters that are born from menstruous women, knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, They don't care. They not only do the same stuff, but they have pleasure in the rest of the people that do them. (laughs) Are you serious? Uh, Folks, I got to quit. It's an hour and three minutes, and I got to quit. We are still going to continue next week. Chapter five, I'm going to start with verse nine. It says, and salt water shall be found in the sweet, and all friends shall conquer one another, and then shall reason hide itself, and wisdom shall withdraw into its chamber, and it shall be sought by many, but shall not be found, and unrighteousness and unrestraint shall increase on earth. And one country shall ask its neighbor, has righteousness or any one who does right pass through you? And it will answer, no. And at the time... Men shall hope, but not obtain. They shall labor, but their way shall not prosper. These are the signs which I am permitted to tell you. And if you pray again and weep as you do now and fast for seven days, you shall hear yet greater things than these. 
Then Ezra says, Then I awoke, and my body shuddered violently, and my soul was troubled that it fainted. That takes us to verse 15. So I'll start at verse 15 next week. Let me go over this real quick. And the salt water shall be found in the sweet. Uh, James 3.10, Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. James 3.11, Doth a fountain send forth at the same time sweet and bitter? water. James 3.12, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? Can't so no fountain, both yield salt water and fresh. In other words, an end time sign, right? And all friends shall conquer one another, all friends. Matthew 10.21, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Matthew 24.12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. In time sign. Um, then shall reason hide itself, and wisdom shall withdraw into its chamber. Romans one twenty one. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became stupid fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Everybody's stupid. There's no wisdom. Um, and it shall be sought by many, but they shall not find it. You know why? Because they're stupid. They rejected God. And unrighteousness and unrestraint shall increase on the earth. Revelation 18.9. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her, that's Babylon, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. Okay, then it says, in one country shall ask its other neighbor has righteousness. He says, no, I haven't seen no righteousness here. And man shall seek hope, but they shall not obtain it. And they shall labor, but their ways shall not prosper. Ephesians 2.12 says, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So in other words, but their way shall not prosper. It's because they have not God. So let me end it there. Verse 13, these are the signs which I am permitted to tell you. And if you pray again and weep as you do now, fast for seven days, you shall hear greater things than these. And verse 14, then I awoke and my body shuddered violently and my soul was also troubled that it fainted. And then we'll start with verse 15 uh, next week. And I'd probably hit chapter six. It's, it doesn't seem quite as complicated. Uh, those end time signs were pretty heavy uh, to get through. A lot of scripture. Have you noticed? A lot, a lot of scripture reference. And I love that. Um, and I do believe uh, many of them uh, really, really connect well. All right. So let's say good night. Um, if you haven't purchased Demons in My Marriage Bed, you get it on Amazon, you get it as a paperback or ebook, you get it uh, smashwords.com, um, iBooks, you know, Barnes and Noble, any of that stuff. It is a good read in the sense that, you know, it, it tells our testimony, and, and it, that's important because you got to know why we talk the way we do, but 
at the end, it's a, it's a it's a manual. It's a training manual on dealing with these demonic entities. If you don't think that's important in today's age, you're you're sadly mistaken because they're attacking everybody. They're attacking Christians and non-Christians. They're attacking good believers and people are just religious. They are attacking everybody. And if you don't recognize their attacks and how they're attaching to bodies and making you sick or messing with your brain and your mind or trying to deceive you, and like, boy, you are flying blind. You really are. You 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 need. I'm telling you, you need this. Um, it, it's it's really beneficial for you to understand that. Uh, the other books we wrote are Eyes to See Unseen Enemies, and we talk about you know just the enemies among you in a foundational Western Christian church Christianity. And uh, so, if you're still involved in that kind of a system and stuff, this may help you open your eyes and and see the enemy around you and, and the deception there. Also, have music uh, fifthhookmedia.com. If you go there. And you hit Mesquite Cafe. It's not a restaurant. It's a uh, it's a musical project where I put different types of music, mostly blues related music uh, that I wrote and I I record and produce. And um, you know I'm not a Christian artist. I am an artist that's a Christian. And the words that come out of the the songs uh, reflect that. And uh, there's some heavy stuff on there. There's also a Celtic. One I did uh, years ago with another band that I, I remastered. That's up there for sale. Uh, things like that. So go to fifthhookmedia.com, uh, peruse around. There's other teaching on there. There's other things on there. Fifthhookmedia.com. Um, I don't know how it looks on a mobile site, but I know on a, a desktop or laptop it looks pretty good. So that's it. We'll talk to you next week, Lord willing, and we'll continue. Good night.
Don't know how Why don't you look in the 